Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Do the thing that you're thinking about. Go ahead and jump in the pool. Um, be willing to expand your comfort circle. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast where we only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any fluffy stuff with us today, Slocum Reed. How you doing, Slocum? Doing great. I'm grateful to be here, Joe. Thank you. Well, I'm glad to hear that, and I'm looking forward to our conversation. Slocum is the Director of Investment Services for the Shabri Group of Keller Williams, Seven Hills Realty. It's the largest real estate investment sales team in greater Cincinnati by number of sales. He began investing in 2013. And he went full-time as a sales agent in 2015 while continuing to invest on his own. And in fact, he is an owner-operator who has over 65 units, ranging from single families, the Holden Flips, to apartment buildings with 20-plus units. Based in Cincinnati, Ohio. With that being said, Slocum, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus. Absolutely. Thanks, Joe. So I came to real estate investing as a full-time professional youth minister with a bunch of side hustles. I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad in the spring of 2013, uh, kind of in preparation for my wedding, actually, which was in May of 2013. Fell in love with the Rich Dad books, read several of them, landed on the strategy of owner-occupying a two-to-four family as my go-to side hustle. Didn't know it was called house hacking at the time because I didn't find bigger pockets until a year or two later. I fell in love with real estate. It turned out we bought a four-family, closed on it on Valentine's Day of 2014, moved in. It turned out I was a natural at dealing with tenants. I've never been handy, so that was definitely the first thing I hired out was fixing toilets and things. But I loved the math of real estate. It looked like a space where there was ample opportunity. So I decided to dive in full time to real estate. It looked at the time like becoming a residential sales agent was the best way to do that. I still think that's a great move for a lot of people. Plus a youth minister's salary is pretty easy to <laughs> replace. I kept a quarter time youth ministry gig for a few years after that though, while I was in sales full time. 
as I did that and used my experience as a sales agent to become a better investor, to represent investors and learn about the market, the industry, build my own skills, continued investing, bought my second deal, which was a Burr deal in 2016 and have been off to the races since then. As a sales agent, you learned a lot about investing. What are some things you picked up as an agent? Because I asked that for people who are looking to become a real estate agent and transition into investing full-time. Just want to hear what you learned. So becoming an agent, it gives you the opportunity to think like an investor and analyze deals like an investor effectively for a salary. It's a commission, but you're getting paid for getting deals closed, whereas most buy and hold investors are putting out money when they purchase. Part of what they're putting out is going to you in the form of income. So it gives you the opportunity when you get investor clients to do a lot more deal analysis, to get yourself in front of other investors, learn what they're doing, learn by helping them accomplish their goals. And also when you have a lot of investor clients, you are in and out of a lot of buildings that you're showing them, getting the opportunity to see what they think about the condition, what issues concern them, what issues don't, attending inspections and asking inspectors questions. Basically, you get to dive head first into some of the biggest decisions that real estate investors ever make without having the financial risk of putting your own money into them and in fact getting commissions for doing it. So it definitely accelerates the learning curve for sure. Do you make less money working with investors than you would non-investor clients? That's a great question, Joe. I think the best way to answer that for an agent or a prospective agent is that you should find your niche. You should figure out what it is that you're passionate about. And in real estate in general, whether as an agent, some other service provider, as an investor, one thing that's really helpful is finding the hard work a lot of people don't want to do that you enjoy. And for me, it was a lot more, I needed time to swing into working with investors full time, but I enjoy investors more. And on a transaction by transaction basis, the most important thing for an agent, especially representing buyers, your ability to earn is not only linked to the purchase prices of the properties that your clients are purchasing. It's also linked to how much of your time is used up representing your client in that transaction. As you get good at sales and as you get good at understanding investors and their needs and their goals, I got to the point rather quickly where it did not take a lot of my time to help my investor clients find the properties that they wanted. So I would spend a quarter as much time helping my client buy a $150,000 investment property as I would helping a $300,000 single family owner occupant home buyer find their home because I could dial into the investor's mindset and just looking at the property online, I knew which ones they needed to get into and I knew which offers they needed to write. So I could get four times as many deals done in that $150,000 duplex range as I could with $300,000 owner occupant home buyer. So more income for me because that was my specialty and that's the work that I wanted to do. You did single family homes. And then when did you buy your first, we'll call it five plus unit property? My first five plus unit property was a six unit in April 
of 2019, I had been using virtual assistants in the Philippines to help me with lead generation. I build out a list that they call and then they are basically scheduled follow-up appointments with me with the people that they found to be motivated sellers. They scheduled a follow-up call for me for a property like this. The amount that the seller wanted for it made it a really good deal. So a partner and I took it down. How many purchases had you made either exactly or approximately up until that point? That would be four. Four purchases. Okay. Yeah. Two house hacks and a burr three family and a burr duplex. Okay. It was you and a partner on the six unit. How did you structure it? He was a client who I actually met when I was presenting at our local meetup here, the Cincinnati's Best Ever Real Estate Investor Mastermind. I was speaking. He came up to me and said, hey, sounds like you need to be my agent. And I said, great. I helped him buy a couple of things. And he was hearing about these Burr buy, rehab, rent, refinance, repeat deals that I was doing where I was getting all of my starting capital back and then some within 12 to 18 months of purchasing. And for him, the math made enough sense that he proposed to me, hey, if you can find a deal for us to do together where I get all my money back within 12 to 18 months, I'll fund the deal entirely and we'll split it 50-50. And I said, yes, please, thank you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I found it, I negotiated it, I did most of the management of it while we owned it and he funded the deal. We ended up actually selling that one rather quickly. We bought it for 225. We sold it for the equivalent of 325 about 16 months later without needing to do too much work to it in the meantime. So like 5,000 in improvement dollars or if that we probably spent 10 grand. So all in, in 235 and, yeah. and sold it for 325. And how quick was that turnaround from bought buy to sell? It was about 16 months. We listed it in order to sell it, having owned it for just over a year so that we'd be paying long-term capital gains. Mm -hmm. But also while we were in escrow, COVID-19 was announced as a pandemic and all the banks that were underwriting loans, at least in the Cincinnati area, started reconsidering those loans. Our buyer lost his loan. We had to go back to market. So we were really trying to sell it after 12 months, but ended up at like 16. We'll get back to the show in just two minutes, but first, some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. I'd like to introduce you to my good friends over at PassiveInvesting.com, a private equity real estate firm based out of the Carolinas. PassiveInvesting.com makes it easy for you to start investing in real estate. They focus on acquiring institutional quality apartments and self-storage facilities with private accredited investor funds. They also have a real estate debt fund that offers hard money loans to local fix and flippers across the U.S., which currently has a 0% default rate. With a portfolio of over $700 million in assets and controlling over $250 million in equity, they know how to secure the best deals and how to avoid the red flags. If you are interested in learning more, please reach out directly to PassiveInvesting.com and request the free Passive investor guide that outlines the seven red flags for passive apartment and self-storage investing. Visit PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags to download that PDF now. That's PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags. Mark your calendars for the best ever conference February 24th through 26th back in person at the Gaylord Rockies Convention Center. Join the experienced community and phenomenal speakers for a weekend of learning the best commercial real estate strategies 
building relationships, and quite frankly, having a lot of fun. As a bonus, once you purchase your ticket, you are put into a mini mastermind group to start making connections with other commercial real estate investors immediately. Get the lowest prices right now at besteverconference.com. That's besteverconference.com. What was the next deal after the 16-unit? The next deal after the 16 was no, a oh, tw- Did you say 16 or 6? Six? Six. Sorry, 6. six. Yeah, yeah. yeah, only 6. Yep. My bad. The next deal after the 6-unit was a 24-unit on the west side of town that I had actually found off-market for a client of mine who bought it. He's a non-local investor. He was having trouble finding good management. So I ended up buying it from him about 18 months after he purchased it and basically paid him what he had in it. And we took over to get it. It was at like 50% occupancy and some of those tenants didn't want to pay rent. So we had a lot of work to do to get it up to performing at market, but that was a really good deal for us. All right. You just bought a 50% occupied property. It's the largest property you've ever bought by four times. What gave you the confidence that you could turn it around and then how did you do it? That's a great question, Joe. I enjoy expanding my comfort circle one rung at a time. <laughs> so I probably took on That's two four. Or three Those are four rungs. rungs. <laughs> yeah, I probably took on a couple rungs with that one. The learning curve was steep to be sure because that was definitely a C class neighborhood. So we're talking affordable rents for sure. And there were a lot of things about managing in lower income areas that I had to learn. But really what we were looking at was that the deal was good enough on paper. Like Robert Kiyosaki says, you make money when you buy. And we knew we were getting a good enough deal that no matter how difficult it was to get this place turned around, it would work out for us. Let me give you an idea of those numbers. And you can tell me if there are any more details you want to get into. We bought it for 635. The average rent was around 515 a month. 24 one bedrooms. We were told that rent would never go above 575 in that area for a one bedroom apartment like ours. We spent a little under $100,000 getting it totally up to snuff. So in it for around 735, we ended up filling all of the apartments at 650 a month. Wow. Yeah. When we went for our cash out refi to finish the burr process, Because it's a depressed area and there are very few comparable sales because there just aren't a lot of apartments in that part of Cincinnati, we were given an 8.6 cap, but even at an 8.6 cap, it appraised for 1.1 million. Woo, doggies. There we go. (laughs) Yeah, it was a juicy one. And yes, there was a lot of- 1.1 million and you're all in at 735? Correct. At an actual eight cap, it would have appraised for one and a quarter, but we Mm -hmm. couldn't get the appraiser down from that Mm 8.6, which means it also has sweet cash flow because of how high the cap rate is. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that was a big one for sure. And we knew going into it, we didn't know that we'd get 650 as easily as we did. We didn't know that we'd get the 1.1 valuation. We were expecting to be in the high eights, hopefully. But even in the high eights, we knew that we'd have a really nice refinance and we'd have a great property. We actually put it on a 15-year fixed rate mortgage at 4%. So our plan at the moment is to actually let it get paid off and to own it free and clear 15 years from now, because 15 years from now, 
my partner's younger daughter and my daughter will be graduating from high school. Mm -hmm. So maybe the coolest phone call I've ever had in real estate was calling my parents right after that cash out refi to tell them that I put a 24 unit apartment building in my daughter's college fund. Oh, nice. That's cool. And that's something I know she'll appreciate, even if she can't say it now. <laughs> right. Or I guess she could say it, but even if she doesn't understand the benefits that will take place as a result of that. I bring her to my projects whenever I can. I'm working on a 26 unit right now. She spent Sunday at Home Depot with me. And then I was carrying the paint buckets into the apartments and she was carrying the tape. And whenever she gets into a new place, she always says, Daddy, this house, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. It's awesome. It's adorable. I'd like to get into some more details of how you're able to turn it around though, because there's that 50% occupancy and I'm glad that we went over the detailed numbers. So that's what happened, but now let's talk about the how. So how did you go from, and you mentioned we, first off, who's we? We is my partner and me. It was the same partner I bought the six unit with. He actually did bring all of the funds to close the 24 unit. And then it ended up being my funds that did a lot of the renovating. So how did you do it? How did you yeah. get it occupied, stabilized and get the right people in there, all that stuff? So the first thing here, Joe, is that we got really good debt. I use a commercial mortgage broker here in Cincinnati named Kurt Weil, and he really has his ear to the ground with what local banks here, which ones are hungry to lend to real estate investors and apartment investors, which ones are going to get aggressive and give us really good terms, and which ones are really sitting on their hands and letting the market play out based on the way that banks run their own numbers to determine what kind of risk they want to take. So we were able to get a loan with interest-only payments for one year and a construction second that covered a lot of that renovation cost. So when we took over a 24 unit with 15 tenants in it, and only nine of them felt like paying rent, we had an interest-only mortgage, which made it a lot easier to make those mortgage payments with the cash flow from nine of 24 apartments. But also we had a construction loan with $70,000 of funds coming back to us after we did things like restart the parking lot, replace all of the original windows and sliding glass doors in these two 1978 12 plexes and start turning apartments. So financially speaking, the interest only debt was really helpful. And the fact that the first 70 grand we spent came back to us from the construction note helped us accelerate that renovation as well. So I am doing something similar with a 26 unit right now. And kind of the steps in that process are, number one, establish myself as new management, demonstrate that I respect the current tenants' homes and that I expect a level of respect from them that they have not needed to demonstrate before because I'm typically taking over from management that's not as active as we are. And the first thing I do is any major capital improvements that are needed. In both cases, this 24 we're talking about and the one I'm doing now, the first thing is resurfacing the parking lot. Get rid of all the potholes, get nice, good asphalt, 
restripe all the spaces, make sure we have enough parking spaces to meet the demand of all of our tenants having cars. In affordable, lower income areas, it's really important to me that I know I can get tenants with cars because having wheels is effectively an employable skill, especially when something like COVID happens and a lot of smaller businesses are closing and a lot of bigger businesses like Amazon and Kroger, the largest grocer here in Cincinnati, are hiring like gangbusters. I want to know that my tenants are the ones who are able to go get those jobs when they get laid off. So resurfacing parking lots is a capital improvement that tenants feel strongly. And it also changes the aesthetics of the exterior a lot. Go ahead and make the property a nicer place to live and then get the apartments on the market at the higher rent that I'm expecting. And when they start leasing at that higher rent, and I know I can get that higher rent, that's when I raise rent on the inherited tenants to whom I have already demonstrated that I'm going to make this a nicer place to live than they had when they moved in. Resurface parking lot. What other things do you do initially to make it a better property that is noticeable to the tenants? You know, a big part of what they notice, Joe, comes down to communication. We are very proactive in communicating with our tenants. So when we, for example, with the 24, when we replaced all of the original casement windows and sliding glass doors, with insulated vinyl, we made sure our tenants knew that that was going to bring down their electric bills because these buildings have electric heat and electric air. So they are covering the expense of heating and cooling their own apartments. So not only are the windows and doors nicer, but they're also going to reduce our tenants' bills. And we introduce it that way when we explain the hassle of having people come into their home and take out their windows and replace them with other windows and then have to take care of the walls and the paint afterwards. We did a lot of renovating individual apartments, putting down new LVP, swapping out tubs and vanities, some cabinets, some cabinets we left and countertops, light fixtures, outlet switches, covers, paint, of course. And then also when we had the majority of the apartments renovated and it was time to raise rent on the inherited tenants, we gave them the opportunity to move into a newly renovated apartment at that same raised rent, which would give us the opportunity to get into their old unit and get that one done so we could get good rent there as well. We'll get back to the show in just two minutes, but first, some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Let me ask you a question. Do you want to start your own syndication business, or maybe you've tried, but you've been unable to get your first apartment deal? Well, it's hard. I know firsthand getting started in syndication is not easy. So have you considered working with a mentor? Imagine working one-on-one with a full-time syndicator who can help you do your first apartment building deal faster, help you avoid big mistakes, and scale your portfolio. If you feel like I'm speaking to you right now, then I want you to check out the mentoring program from my friend, Michael Blanc, who specializes in helping people get started with apartment buildings. I've known Michael for many years now, and he genuinely wants to help people become financially free. He developed a proven system and has helped hundreds of people do their first apartment building deal. I know he can help you as well. To find out more, text the word Joe. J-O-E, to 66866. I know Michael's going to take care of you. Go ahead and text the word Joe, J-O-E, to 66866. Do it right now while it's fresh on your mind, and let's get you started with your own apartment syndication business. 
Deals and money. We are constantly seeking deals and money as real estate investors. And I bet you're having a challenge right now, especially with deals, if you're like most real estate investors, because it's tough to find deals right now. But here's the thing. There's a competitive advantage out there that when implemented, it will help you accomplish your objective of getting more deals and or getting more investors. And that is having a great follow-up system. Having a great follow-up is one of the keys to success in real estate and follow-up boss is the leading CRM for real estate. This is the system you need in place so you can reach out to owners and brokers directly for deals or you can follow up with your investors and you do it all in one spot. The CRM makes it 10 times faster to call and text owners then integrates those into a software so nothing slips through the cracks. The follow-up boss conversion system and powerful management tools help align your methods and drive growth that otherwise it could have been missed and probably would have been missed. Go to followupboss.com forward slash best ever to get a system in place. And if you need help, they got you covered. Follow up boss offers experts seven days a week. You can pick up the phone and speak to an actual human being anytime during business hours. Visit followupboss.com forward slash best ever to check out how much time you could save by streamlining your follow up process. Best ever listeners, they're treating you extra special. You get an extended 30 day free trial twice the length of the normal trial for a limited time, go to followupboss.com forward slash best ever and perfect your follow-up. Really quickly, that's a 24 unit, the 26 unit, which I heard you say you're doing a similar process that you did on 24 unit. How'd you find the 26 unit? I found the 26 unit through networking with property managers. I connect with property managers for a couple of reasons. One of them is I effectively am a property manager. I am the manager of my own property. So sometimes I have questions, issues that I'm working on, the opportunity to pick their brains and figure out if there's something obvious that I'm missing within management and dealing with difficult situations with tenants. But also I am asking property managers about the clients they have who are a pain. The ones who just want the apartments filled all the time and are never willing to fund renovations, or they're only willing to fund half of what the property or the unit needs in order to command market rent. And then those owners panic when they're only half renovated apartments and it's empty for too long. So they ask the manager to put someone in below market just to get it filled so their expenses are being covered. I reach out to property managers to ask about those clients of theirs and whether or not I can make an offer, let the property manager get the commission for representing the seller and take the manager's problem properties off of their hands. I take it over, I manage it, they get a juicy commission. I love that. And you closed on a 26 unit with that approach? Yes, closed on it last month. Taking a step back, what's your best real estate investing advice ever? My best advice ever is to do the thing that you're thinking about. Go ahead and jump in the pool. Um, Be willing to expand your comfort circle. And we talked about how you went from the sixth unit to the 24 unit. So putting your advice into action and then recently closed on that 26 unit. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's do it. Best ever way you like to give back to the community. I love being involved in youth ministry in the church. I also love doing things like hosting meetups and advising newer investors, people who are going where I've been. 
what deal have you lost the most amount of money on and how much was it? You know, I haven't lost money on any deals. Basically, I've held things long enough to profit on them. I have had contractors steal tens of thousands of dollars on a property. I bought it well enough that I held on to it long enough that it appreciated and I made a small profit. What deal have you made the most amount of money on and how much was it? Well, the 24 unit that we just discussed would be the biggest numbers, but frankly, I bought my four family house hack for 170 in 2014. And just earlier this year, it appraised for 500. So when you look at the fact that I bought it on an FHA loan and I paid 170 for it, and now it's worth half a million, I'm going to call that the most money that I've made on any one deal. I still own that. It was a cash out refi. And how can the best ever listeners learn more about what you're doing? Best way to get a hold of me would be by email at slocum at tlp-management.com. Best ever listeners want to let you know first that Slocum will be a new interviewer. He is currently an interviewee right now. He will be a new interviewer along with Ash Patel on this show. I've known Slocum for eight years or so. It, yeah, yeah, around six, six or so years. Six or so years. Okay, thank you for fact-checking that. <laughs> around six, six or so years, and I know him originally through the meetup that we do here in Cincinnati, and I can tell you that I handpicked Slocum, and I'm grateful that he said yes to do interviews for this show because when I host that meetup, I don't really host it anymore. I don't really attend it often anymore. Slocum now hosts the Cincinnati meetup. But when I was hosting it and I would be interviewing people in front of the group, Slocum always would stand up and ask pointed questions that were very insightful. And I knew from that experience that he'd be a great person to interview guests on this show. In addition to that, as you heard through this interview, he is doing larger deals and he's doing them in a way that he's getting the hands-on experience. So he knows the owner operator front and he's doing them in a creative way too, which I thought would bring another good angle to the show. So with that, I'm grateful to officially announce that Slocum's going to be doing some interviews. I will still be doing interviews, but I'm scaling back some the amount of interviews that I do and Ash and Slocum are going to be doing more. Joe, I'd like to speak on this as well. I'll be quick. We met because I put a super clickbaity post on bigger pockets to connect with as many investors in Cincinnati as would comment. <laughs> and those investors were the people who were going to your meetup and they told me that's where I needed to be. Joe Fairless had a meetup in Cincinnati in person and there was a great opportunity for me to come learn, ask questions, take notes, meet a lot of people. I met a lot of clients and a couple of business partners in that room. And as you grew that meetup, Joe, I took advantage of every opportunity I possibly could to basically ride your coattails and build my own business through the meetup that you created. Uh, and I was very grateful for the opportunity to start hosting that meetup when it was time for you to step away from that. And I'm also very grateful to have this opportunity to be helping host the best real estate investing advice ever show. The saying, a rising tide lifts all ships. Joe, 
in real estate investing, you're the tide. And I'm very grateful for the opportunity to be one of these ships that has the opportunity to rise with the tide that you're building through all of the work that you're doing, your podcasts, your books, your meetups. Thank you, Joe. I'm very grateful. Well, I appreciate that. And best ever listeners, the quality of interviews will continue to be high and probably be even higher. So I'm grateful that we're able to bring someone on like Slocum. So with that being said, Slocum, great conversation. Looking forward to everything we have together in the future as well. And talk to you again soon. Appreciate it. Thanks again, Joe.